Hey, welcome back. My name is Fadi Kalush, and we have a lot to talk about today. So let's go ahead and just talk this out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy uh, weekend. You know, I had a buddy hit me up. We had a nice little conversation the other day, and uh, it was after he heard the whole work-life balance thing. He's, you know, the dude's been dealing with his own demons, and he's like, his words, he said, you know, my family expects me to be Iron Man. And that takes a that's a that's a that's a weight, you know what I mean? And I, I and I know that and I, I felt that and I feel it still. Um, you know, this whole take time for yourself, very important. At the same time, you know, you still your responsibilities don't lighten up just because you want to take time for yourself and time to heal, and that's how I feel, you know. The crazy thing is like I've never been one to expect anything out of life all right i've always been the person to just accept life um i found my life was a lot easier that way because i just accepted things for how they were you know because i mean that's just that's what it is Uh, you know there's different ways of thinking and different people out there that say no you gotta make a ruckus sometimes and you gotta demand change in this world or that whatever the case is once again i'm talking about personal life i'm not talking about political issues just talking about in general life, right? Uh, and I always tell them, you know, I so say when you learn to suffer, you suffer a lot less. Um, and what I mean by that is those down feelings, those those moments of sadness, those moments of weakness are normal, but they can't dictate your day. You know, they can't dictate how how you feel for an entire day. Even even the worst day that you've had has only been twenty four hours long. All right. A fucking a new day starts and you got to be able to, to see that there is another day coming, you know, God willing, obviously. So I've always been in that mentality, you know, um, learn to suffer. You suffer less. You can't let things just, you know, get you and keep you down. It doesn't work that way. At least in, in my world, it doesn't work that way. It's not about strength. It's not about anything. It's about a clear understanding of you know life and, and, and you and, and your happiness and knowing that your happiness is an inside job. Um, I think Amanda relied a lot on me for her happiness. When I talked, when I told you guys, um, I had to. I was expected to plan date night. I was expected to do this. I was expected to do that, and it was always tied to, you know, how much I loved her. You know, and. Um, she just, you know, if I didn't go on a date night with her, I don't love her this much. Same thing with fighting, too, man. This is crazy to me. So I told y'all I, I'm a shut down kind of person. I don't like fighting with somebody I'm married to. I'll fight anybody. But as far as somebody I'm married to, somebody I'm in a relationship with, not my cup of tea. I don't like fighting. Uh, I just feel like, you know, the woman's always going to be right anyway. Well, I mean, even if she's wrong, it's always going to be right. And so uh, there's always going to be a couch for me to sleep on regardless. So what, what's the point? Right. I'm going to I'm going to fight. I'm going to win or lose. I still lose even if I do win. So anyway, I, I never fought. But her mentality was if I don't fight, then that means I don't care enough, which means I don't love her. Or on the other hand, if I do fight, that means I hate her and I don't love her. You know what I mean? It's a it's a, it's a fucking lose-lose situation for, for most guys that are in that situation. And um, I told you guys how she passed. Uh, the gunshot wound to the chest. I'll tell you, I think she died uh, long before that. I think. Not long before that, but I think, I think you know, she died of a broken heart. She was hurt. She was not, and that was me. You know, that was I don't know whether it was life, whether it was our relationship, whether it was the the whatever fight we had, uh, whatever she thought about me. 
you know, I broke her heart. She, I wasn't, I wasn't able to give her that stability, that mental stability saying, Hey, you know, everything's always going to be okay. Because even for me, I didn't know everything was going to always be okay. I didn't know what was going to happen when I got to California. I didn't know what was going to happen with my kids. I didn't know what was going to happen with my marriage. I didn't know anything. So I didn't have that mental stability myself. And it just, you know, for someone that had that feeling where, you know, I, I, I felt like I had to be Iron Man all the time. This was a period of my life where I didn't know if I could be Iron Man from 3,000 miles away. I didn't know how to provide. I didn't know how to protect. I didn't know how to shelter. I could, I could throw money at a situation and, you know, do the flights back and forth. But that takes a toll. That takes a toll. You can't you can't realistically think that's going to happen every every week or every month. And it's that was that was a scary part of our marriage. It was a scary part of the conversations that we had, you know, leading up to everything turning out the way it is. And when I didn't know how to answer questions about, you know, what's next and try to give some stability to the situation that we were about to enter. Man, I got scared. I got scared. She got scared. I think that fear kind of ran, ran off in her head. Um, she she started asking. She started asking me questions about things I'm doing. Like she thought I was. Th- she thought this was whole. This whole thing was like a, a plan for me to just leave her, or, like all by herself. And, and I didn't tell you guys this before. And it was like one of these conversations that we were having in, in July. I was up in Rhode Island. I had that time, that that clarity. That or I, th- I thought I had clarity to think and. And to see, um, you know, just plan out this next year in my head and just kind of play it out a little bit to just to kind of get an idea of what what do I think I'm getting into? Like, what is this family about to get into? Is it worth it? You know, is is the the traveling by myself worth it? Should we should we do this together type thing? For her, it was worth it. The traveling thing was worth it. She didn't want to move. She didn't want to take Ava and the kids and herself away from the support system that we have that we built over the last nine years in this area. But um, she thought that my whole this whole moving to California and it, I started, you know, taking care of myself in, in, in different ways. Right. Like like little dumb shit. Like I bought new underwear. That was out of you cheating on me type conversations. Like, what do you mean? No, it's been it's been a few years since I bought some underwear. It's time to buy some underwear, you know. Um, I bought myself some sneakers. I never buy sneakers. And she's like, "Well, what is this about? Like, why are you trying to buy like?" You know, they were like, you know, those those Nike sneakers, those uh, Air for uh, Air Max nineties. Like, she's like, "Why are you trying to be extra cute now? Because you're going to California and you trying to pick somebody up?" I'm like, no, just yeah, so sometimes you need that retail therapy. You need that retail therapy. Yeah, I mean, even an electric toothbrush got her. She uh she saw Amazon drop off a package and I opened it up. I'm super stoked. Like she had an electric toothbrush. My mother-in-law had one. I was like, fuck it. It's time for me to get one too. I want an electric toothbrush. I want to see what this hype is about. So I got one. It was nothing crazy expensive. It was like 40 bucks. And she was like, why are you doing all this new stuff? Like, why are you buying all this new stuff? Like, what is going on with you? I felt bad, you know. I, she's like, I want to try that too. So I let her try the toothbrush and she ordered that. You know, she never... She got the package. She never opened it up. It was it was that close to the 16th of uh, August. But uh, when I got the toothbrush, I mean, I felt guilty. I don't know why I felt guilty, but we all went to Marshall's. And I spent, you know, a little over 200 bucks over there on on stuff for her. Just so, like, it's not, I'm not just buying me stuff. I, I want to buy us stuff. But I just, I, I thought I wanted this. I, I needed it, whatever the case is. And it's not linked to me. Like, a girl's not coming up to me saying, oh, my God, man, you brush your teeth with electric toothbrush. I want you now. I don't know why, you know, Amanda thought that I was, 
uh, cheating or she thought that I was wanting to cheat or she thought like I wanted to set up a whole new life in California for myself. That got that got under her and there was nothing to validate that thought. There was nothing except for her imagination. And I swear, man, I wish I wish I could have heard those thoughts. Like when she said that kind of stuff, I'm like, come on, like I'm one of those people like my phone's always on. It's always upright. She knew the password to it. She can get inside my phone. When she asked to see something, she saw it. When I got back from Rhode Island, every time I laughed at a text message or something, she's like, uh uh-uh, uh, let me see. There was like some insecurity there and it was I think it was linked to, you know, me going to California. And I swear, man, I, I wish those fucking orders never came through. I wish that I would have never, ever, ever, you know, even been had to go to California. I, I just I feel like that shit weighed on her so much. She just didn't know, you know, she, she knows that her husband is a personable, outgoing and people, you know, say funny. I don't really agree with me being funny. I just think I, this is my fucking life. It's sad. My mom fucking goddamn tears of a clown over here. With smiles painted on. But anyway, she thought that she was going to lose her husband because I was going to be in California. There's going to be girls out there. I'm going to be out there by myself. You know, uh, I, I, I used to do stand up. So I'd be out, you know, at different like bars doing that kind of stuff. And I, there was just this level of insecurity and this fear about her. Now, I remember when I when I told her that initially I was going to Japan right before I switched over to California. I remember when I told her I'm going to Japan and she's like, you're going to leave me when you get out there. I said, like, why do you think that? She's like, those Japanese women really know how to take care of their um, really know how to take care of men. I said, what? I said, that was crazy to me. I said, why? Why? If you feel like you're not taking care of me at that level, why don't you just take care of me at that level? Like, why do you think I'd leave you to get taken care of by some Japanese woman? It's just that. That that train of thought, that logic, man, it just fucking blew my mind. I'm like, I'm, I'm, my reality has got to battle her imagination, and it just didn't make sense. And I just, it got tired. I got tired of it. I got, it just became tiring. There's one, there's a le, a level that I had to explain, and that you know she deserved the 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 affirmation, the, not the affirmation, the reassurance. You know, that I'm not leaving her I, to the point. This is how crazy. So when me and Amanda got married, we uh, we had a prenup. We signed a prenup. You know, everything that was mine before the marriage and, and during marriage, anything, you know, everything was split still. Right. And regardless whether we're married or whether we got divorced, everything was split. All right. So the house that we live in, my house, uh, even though I, we got it, even though I got it after we got married and, you know, per the prenup, it would still be my house and the divorce. So this is what like, I when that that Jap, the Japan conversation happened. I went, we went to a, uh, a lawyer and I signed a post-nuptial agreement saying that if Fadi cheated or if Fadi decided to leave for no fucking reason, you know, the house would be hers. The house or something equivalent to the house. So like the mortgage payment uh, at that, that amount would be hers regardless of where she wanted to live. I'd be responsible for it, right? That's, I just wanted to give her that, that reassurance. Like, oh, you're fucking crazy. I mean, I don't want to say that. Hey, losing, losing your mind if you think that I'm going to go out to Japan and be like, oh, my God, this girl, she's going to take care of me <laughs> and just give up everything here. You know, I got kids with this woman. I you know, I just I wish she would have known that. I wish she would have felt that she didn't feel love. She didn't feel appreciated. And you know what? I fucking blame so many of her goddamn girlfriends, man, because I know she talked to these bitches and it's the fucking enabling type of friends. Like, oh, girl, like you'll be all right. Even with and I know don't fucking tell her she'll be all right without me. Don't tell her. Don't fucking tell her that nothing's going to happen. Tell her that, oh my God, man, when it comes to friendships, they, they play such a fucking role on relationships. 
you are hearing one side of a story narrated by the author of that story like fuck man just it, it respond with things like uh it'll it'll it's not that i'm sure it's not that bad i'm sure he didn't mean it that way and same thing i'm sure it's not that bad i'm sure she didn't mean it that way depending on what side of the fucking the aisle you're on but she talked to these broads and uh i'm, I'm reading some of the conversations in a text message and shit and these motherfucking enabling bitches, you know, oh, don't worry, girl, we got you. Oh, uh, fuck him. You don't need him. Those kinds of girls, you know, that, that, that doesn't fucking do anything for somebody in that state of mind. Nobody gives a shit. They don't, nobody is believing you if you think, oh, man, I'm telling you, if if I ever had a conversation with that and my boys were like, nah, man, fuck that bitch. Don't worry, we got you. I would never expect my boys to just be like, oh, cool, man, you guys are all moving in and you really got me. No. It's just, these are enabling mindsets. These are enabling state of mind. And they make the person feel more alone. They make them feel more alone and it fucking, it hurts. But once again, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming anything. I'm just saying that's what happened, you know, um, towards those last days. And going through it, and obviously that post-nuptial agreement wasn't enough to tell her that I wasn't trying to leave her. And it, it just... I feel like I maybe I should have done more or whatever, you know. Maybe I should I should have never I should have never left the house on that Saturday. But I just I needed that time to breathe, man. I needed it was it was getting rough. These conversations were getting tougher and tougher and tougher to fucking do. I have and deal with and, and these it was just not nothing was it was just like that my reality and her imagination had to go toe to toe and it was it's exhausting. It's exhausting because you know, I hadn't been home for a month. Like, I'm finally home. I want to spend time. Like I, I want to tell you guys, man, I don't fucking go to bars. Y'all know me, man. Y'all never see me at bars, clubs. You never see me posting pictures of like, yo, me and the boys. None of that shit. It's just me and the fucking family day in and day out. And it's always been that way. So I'm, I'm home after a month of being gone, living in a fucking hotel room. And on top of that, you can't leave the hotel room because uh, you have to, have to fucking quarantine for the first 14 days. And then after the 14 days, couldn't leave the base. So it was literally go to class eat, come back to the room, go to class, eat, come back to the room. That's all it was for a fucking month, man. I was happy to see my family. I was happy to be home. And um, even though we had like a bunch of uncomfortable conversation while I was in Rhode Island, I, I wasn't, I thought everything was clear. You know, we we're working on things. She was, she was happy. I was happy too. We, you know, we did the vasectomy thing and we we're still, still knocking boots and, you know, making sure she, she knows that my attention is on her and my love is on her. Um, and it just, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And I don't know what the fuck would have been enough. I, the only thing I can say, I, I should have not left on Saturday. I should have not taken that fucking time to try to breathe and go, and go to my, Ava's godfather's house. You know, like I just figured look, you know, you, you know where I'm at, you know who I'm with. I'm not out there running the fucking streets, you know, like I just, you know that I need this fucking breathing. Like she just, she had just done the same thing. She just did the same thing on, on that Friday before she passed. She, she went to the beach and fucking cleared her head. You know, what's crazy too. Those fucking bitches, the same bitches that she called friends, the ones that she hit up. Hey, do you want to go to the beach girl? Oh, every single one of them was like, nah, you got too much too fucking busy of course you're gonna make yeah but these are the same bitches saying no nah, we got you she just wanted to go sit down at the beach with somebody you know she didn't want me to be there i, I fucking asked her twice and, and then she's like no she wanted me to beg to fucking go to the beach with her and my, my, my fucking my pride you know they just didn't want to fucking beg but oh man it's just it's, just, it's like the shit that's going on in my head today and based on conversations we're having so 
Oh, man. Hey, look, progress is slow, but consistency is key. All right. It's like going to the gym. I know that this shit's not going to happen overnight for me. I know this shit's not going to just be like uh, one day I'm just going to be okay. Just like, you know, if you're fucking fat and you want to lose weight, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just it's consistent. Consistent progress is all that matters. All right. Even if you don't see the progress, even if you don't look in the mirror and see, oh, shit, I'm an inch smaller. I'm a pound lighter. It's still there. You just got to keep pushing. Yeah, keep working. Don't give up on yourself. Just like this is my mentality. I'm not going to give up on myself. All right. I know that progress is happening and this shit feels so good. This like this this fucking weight of talking about things. And, you know, sometimes you don't realize the weight of something until you've been, uh, you know, that you've been carrying until that weight has been released. And, you know, talking through this shit has, has released a lot of weight. Just a lot like that vent that and I don't even fucking know exactly who's listening. I know. There's, I get the those uh the, the analytics back and we're we're over fucking sixteen uh thousand listens and it's been great man. There's a fucking audience of uh two plus hundred people that are you know organic every day. So hey, I appreciate you guys. I really do. Keep the feedback coming. All right, love you guys. Keep on fucking swimming. And when you can't swim, when you find yourself getting tired and your arms are getting heavy, fucking stop. Take a deep breath and float. All right. I love you guys. I'm out.